I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. This week on the show, Tristan Wright from Evolve to Grow joins me to discuss maintaining work-life balance. Tristan has some really great insights about how he balances his own life and work that I think are really valuable. And at the end of the day, we started our businesses so that we could work less, right? If you want to work less and find success in your personal life as well as your business life, this is the episode for you. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Thanks, Tanner. Thanks for having me today. So, guys, my name is Tristan Wright, uh, and I'm coming to you all the way from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. So, um, I run a business called Evolve to Grow, and I market myself as the chief business sherpa at the business. What What else do you want me to share? Like, how much detail do you want me to go into, Tanner? <laughs> oh no, that that's good, man. I I love the title. Uh, could you tell us how your career got started? Like, how did you get started in this business? And, you know, what, what is your story? Yeah. So um, I studied engineering, mechanics and industrial design as a straight out, straight out of school and, and got into that space for a little bit and sort of enjoyed it, but not really. And um, I ended up setting up my own business, totally different space in, in custom sportswear. So manufacturing, designing and, and selling custom cycling clothing, custom running clothing, custom triathlon gear. And I was selling it to institutes of sports, uh, clubs, I was selling it to uh, big businesses. So, uh, and I, that was in my, I set that up in my early 20s, maybe 24 and uh, 23, 24. And by the time I was 26, 27, I was doing, doing seven figures, million dollars per year. And I was doing really really well uh and i in hindsight i was really quite arrogant and quite quite cocky um then all all of a sudden uh within the space of six months uh the aussie dollar tanked against the us dollar so everything got a whole heap more expensive and my wife at the time decided to leave me and i stuck my head in the sand and when you stick your head in the sand life still goes on and once i pulled my head out I was 200 grand in debt and I had absolutely no idea what to do. So going from having yeah super successful business to being 200K in debt in, in less than a year. So uh, I fortunately, I, over a period of time, I realized, hey, I can't do this by myself. When I got support and guidance and spoke to others, I, I was able to rebuild the business, um, uh, claw my way out of debt, and, and ended up selling the business. Uh, and then after selling that business, I was fortunate enough to take a bit of time off and do a bit of a, a re-evaluation. Think, what do I want in life? What do I enjoy? And it was when I was over in Croatia with my new partner, Aaron, we were, we were having a couple of glasses of wine in, in Dubrovnik. And we, we realized that 
I love talking to people. I love helping people. I, I've always been a leader through high school. I love business and I've learned a whole heap in business and there's actually a whole heap of people that would have been through, that are going through what I went through. Why don't I use all of those skills that I gathered through my previous business and utilize my passions and then go and help other business owners? So uh, once we got back back, back from Croatia, I, I set up Evolve to Grow and quite literally the, the purpose of the business uh, is to give other business owners time, freedom and results and make sure that they don't have to work on it by themselves and help them get to their ultimate objective easier. So does that, does that give you a bit of a background how my career got oh, started? Oh yeah, dude, that was, that was a great story. Uh, really detailed. I really like it. So now let's, let's pick up where you left off with Evolve to Grow. Uh, in the early days, what were some obstacles that you faced while trying to grow? Um, I think the biggest one was was mental, was was internal. I, I was thinking, like literally in the early days when I set that business up, it was, why do people want to work with me? Why why choose me over someone that's been in the industry, been coaching, consulting, and guiding others? Why 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 would they choose me over someone that's got five and ten and twenty years experience? So I was I was questioning myself in the early days and and I just needed to give give myself proof and I once I started helping others I had proof I was starting to get results and it didn't matter that I wasn't making money in the early days but I, I was getting runs on the board quite literally is my mindset and belief in myself questioning myself but once I got past that uh the floodgates opened yeah I mean it, it's a confidence thing right and uh, it, is, it isn't always there, right? Sometimes it goes away and you got to get it back. But that, that really makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah, yeah, massive. If you've got self-belief, if you've got faith in yourself, uh, you will achieve. And the best way to have self-belief and faith in yourself is to have a clear ultimate objective and what, what you actually want to achieve. And if you are 100% aligned with that ultimate objective, you'll get there no matter what. Yeah, yeah, that that's awesome, man. So, what would you attribute your success to now that you've grown the business and you've you're, you've helped a lot of people? It's that never say die attitude, knowing that I'm aligned with where I want to get to. So, knowing that each step I take is one step closer to my ultimate objective, and. To helping other people, helping business owners. So, having clarity on on my out on my ultimate objective helps me uh, gain that success. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, working your way towards that vision, but also I'd mm. say probably a lot of persistence as well. Yeah, knowing knowing that uh, you're not going to achieve it overnight, that there are stepping stones, there's milestones, and that you actually have to take a step back and realize you can't be focused on that end goal the entire time. You've got to make a sub end goal. So something in 90 days time, for instance, yep. and if you're focusing on 90 days time, you know that once you've achieved that 90 days, you're going to be 90 days closer to your ultimate objective because you've upskilled that, that certain amount in that period. Yeah. And, that, and that's a good point because a lot of people will 
have this really big goal and they're working towards it, but you've got to break that up into digestible pieces and small attainable goals that ultimately get you to the big goal. Correct. hundred percent. So the topic for today is maintaining work-life balance. And this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, of course. Mm. Uh, I think anyone listening could probably agree with that, but how would you define a successful work-life balance? The first step is understanding that business doesn't identify who you are. Business is actually a tool for your life and separating your business identity from your personal identity. So many people identify their business success as their personal success. Um, You can have business success, you can have sporting success, you can have family success. They're all, you've got to separate them all and, and, and realize that you can, once you shut the door at the end of the day, you've still got, you've still got your life to succeed at. Um, From there, it's, it's real. Yeah. It's realizing that business is a tool for you to enjoy your life. Yeah. And I wanted to just say, you know, we start our businesses so that we can work less. Right. So, mm-hmm. so why do so many people struggle with taking time off and not working themselves to death? Right. It's the complete opposite of what we want when we start a business. Right. Correct. And, and it's often because we don't know how to create boundaries. We don't, uh, we don't necessarily have a clear pathway. And if we don't have boundaries, we don't have a clear pathway, work, work life blends into personal life. Absolutely. And especially today with so many people working from home, uh, at least for the last year and a half, uh, finding a work-life balance is even harder than ever because uh, mm-hmm. it's just you know, your office and your computer is just a walk down the hallway or a walk upstairs. And it's so easy to just get sucked into it when you walk by it, or if you get a text or an email, right? Yeah. How many hours are you doing? Are you good at your work-life balance, Tanner? Oh, I feel like I've been doing a little bit better with my work-life balance. Uh, usually I'm working about 10 hours a day. Um, so that's, that's a lot better than it used to be. Um, yeah. Back in the back in the day, I think I was working like 16 hours a day on average. Yeah, that's crazy. So <laughs> what about you? <laughs> uh I'm one of I guess my biggest secrets to success in this is actually having goals outside of business. So one of my goals outside of business is that I want to do a marathon in, in three hours in 10 minutes. So that allows me to, and that's just as much that's just as valuable to me as success in business. That allows me to say, hey, Tristan, I need to switch off and go and do, do some exercise now. Uh, so I, I'll never work past 5 p.m. Not once. I, can't, I don't know how to work past 5 p.m. Sometimes I check my emails on, on my phone later on. Uh, yeah, just but, yeah. happening. Yeah, and, and I like that because, you know, we very much live in a society that rewards you know, the hustle and grind mentality. Like sometimes if I stop working at five and I start getting emails and phone calls and I ignore them, I feel bad. Like, why should I feel bad? Because I left work in my office and now I'm, you know, spending time with my wife. Right. And 
it really shouldn't be like that. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because we need to change the mentality of everyday business people, right? Yeah. So, because uh, it's just remembering that you've set your business up to enjoy your, your personal life. So, uh, and if you own the relationship with your clients and say, hey, these are my working hours, they're going to respect that a lot more. And in time, they'll actually pay you a lot more. But if you're answering all day, every day, they're going to be like, oh, this guy's working all the time. He's not, his time isn't worth that much. I'll pay him less. But if you, if you actually own the relationship and put in boundaries, they'll respect you more. And, and, that mean, and you'll respect yourself more. And then you'll be able to charge more. That's, that's a really good point. Uh, I, I never really thought about that. Um, but another downside to responding anytime a client or customer reaches out to you is that they're going to think that's normal and they're going to do that on a regular basis. So you're right. Setting those boundaries are really important, uh, both in maintaining your work-life balance. And like you said, you know, making your time more valuable. Yeah. Um, it's definitely about owning the relationship, making sure you own the relationship rather than your customer. Um, owning the relationship yeah and sometimes that's hard to do right because you just want to make your customers happy and you want to go the extra mile and sometimes it ends up just being detrimental to yourself so so you talked about your personal goal to run a marathon in a certain amount of time sorry i can't remember what you said but what what are some other ways that you personally maintain your work-life balance um yeah, so the biggest one is is having hobbies and goals outside of business. So we're really good at um, creating business goals or business dreams. People aren't generally that good at creating business goals. We're good at creating dreams. Uh, but we once we have goals outside of business, uh, that is the, the the easiest, the simplest way to to maintain that work-life balance, whether it's, um, for me, it's running, it's spending time with my son, Emerson, uh, and realizing that we need to be present today. And if, if I'm working in the evening, I'm not being present and I'm going to miss out on the time that, uh, the time to spend with my son. And if I, he's only two once kind of thing. So I have to then reverse engineer and think, how do I still make as much profit um, in my business, but work less. And it's, it's goes back to charging my worth, charging my value and, and working out how I can be of more value to the client. And it's not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily spending more time with the client. It's, it's, um, providing a higher value, uh, service offering. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you're the founder, you have complete control over how much you work, right? Because you can delegate everything out. And mm. you know, if you execute things correctly, then you shouldn't need to be putting in those extra hours. Correct. Uh, my mindset is if, if it's making me less than $300 per hour, someone else within the team is doing the work. Yeah. That's, that's a good rule of thumb, you know, uh, our, our time is our most valuable asset. So we need to conserve it and we need to make sure if we're sacrificing our time that we're, it, it's worth it for us. Right. And, you know, you don't want to miss out on something important like your family and 
you know, other relationships that you have in your life, just because you're trying to make your client happy and you're not getting anything out of that relationship. Correct. And it's really easy to take those other relationships for granted uh, because we've been in those relationships and we've had those friendships for so long. Uh, the age old saying is that the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the oil. And often the squeaky wheel isn't the one that should be getting the oil. It's that's the annoying one that's not actually worth as much. It's the one that is being patient and quiet that should be getting the oil. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got clients that we never even talk to and they're happy and they're patient and they're willing to do whatever to, you know, continue working with us. And, you know, we've got some that, you know, we're on the phone with every single day. Right. And, and it's so always, I bet you, I'm just going to say, I bet you the clients that you don't talk to very often, are, are the easiest ones, but you charge them the most. Yes. Um, I was just about to say that they're, they're the, the high value clients that are, spending the most money and I never have to talk to them because they've got, you know, the, like we're just one tiny piece of the puzzle in their business. What I'd be doing, I'd be firing one of those noisy clients. I'd literally go and fire one of those noisy clients. And that time that you've saved, go and audit your quiet clients and work out how you can upsell them. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I bet you you'd be able to replace that revenue plus some just by auditing those other clients in that free time. And that revenue that you replace will be a high profit margin because you don't have to work on them as much. Yep. Yeah. And you're exactly right. And if any of my clients are listening to this, I'm not talking about you. All right. Uh, Tristan, what's a, I mean, what are some signs that you aren't maintaining a good work-life balance? Um. What are some signs you're going back to work after dinner? Is is the easiest (laughs) one. Um, uh, Another one is that you're actually not loving work. You're not jumping out of bed in the morning and saying, hey, this is awesome kind of thing. So I've got a rule with all of my clients that every 90 days you need to take a week off from work uh, just so you can recharge your batteries so you can actually be more energetic and and, uh, and more focused on the outcomes that you need to deliver. Yeah, and I, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, right? Uh, you know, it's so easy to get burnt out. And of course, you've got those entrepreneurs that are just wired differently and they never get burnt mm-hmm. out and they're always go, go, go. But, you know, the rest of us, we get burnt out, right? So we got to make sure we take a break. I'm just going to, those entrepreneurs that are wired and they always go, 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 have a look at the quality of their, their relationships. Uh, they'll, they'll be able to deliver on their business, but the quality of their relationships in their personal life most likely won't be to the level that you or I, a typical person, would want. So we don't want to use them as, we don't want to put them on a pedestal as a way to work. No, no, absolutely not. Um, you know, they're putting every ounce of energy they have into their businesses and they've got nothing mm-hmm. left, you know, after they, you know, once they finally log off and go to bed. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's so important to focus on what matters to you. And I, and I guess to those people, their business is the only thing that matters to them. So I guess they are yep. getting what they want. So Tristan, what would you say your secrets to scale are? Making sure I'm not the smartest person in the team. That's a good one. And 
And the sooner I realize, oh, sorry, the sooner I can have, or the sooner I have smarter people around me, uh, the easier it is to scale. So, so many famous people, so many successful people have said, hire people smarter than you, hire people that are subject matter experts. So as soon as you can bring in subject matter experts, so you don't have to be the jack of all trade. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really impactful. Um, if you're hiring people that are not smarter than you, you're going to be doing all the work or you're going to be telling them what to do or teaching them how to do literally everything. You're going to be holding their hands and babysitting them, mm-hmm. which is not what we should be going after, of course. Um, but aside from the negative aspects of doing that, the positive aspects of hiring people smarter than you is they're going to propel your business forward without you having to do anything other than give them a paycheck. Correct. Correct. And they're going to come up with ideas that you didn't have. Yep. Uh, and they're going to allow you to scale in ways that you didn't think were possible. Yep. Absolutely. So Tristan, I want to really thank you for taking the time to do this interview. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? I think the biggest thing is for people to make sure you focus on the next right thing. Don't focus on what you should be doing in six months or 12 months time. Focus on what is the next right thing for you right now. In other words, focus on the present and not the future. Yep. And, and don't, ha- uh, don't um, have shiny object syndrome. Don't try and f- do too many things at once. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. Sometimes I try to take on way more than I can handle and end up having to come back to reality. So that's definitely great advice. So Tristan, what's a good way for anyone listening to get in contact with you? I think the simplest way is to jump on my website, which is evolvetogrow.com.au or into my Facebook group, which is called The Business Evolution. Awesome, man. Well, we'll be sure to link up both of those in the show notes. And thank you again. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seekers to Scale. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. This episode is sponsored by Ranksy Digital Marketing. If you need any help at all growing your business online, we would love to help you. Just visit our website at ranksy.com. That's R A N K S E Y.com.